comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Heroing on my resident. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legend. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV podcast, episode number 63. And, uh, wow. 63? Yes, 63. Yay. Uh, only four episodes this week of shows. We had the season finale of Lucifer, which I'm sure we have a lot to talk about because that was pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gotham took a break this week. Uh, we all we got the Flash, we got Arrow, and we got Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, so only four shows. And to uh, to join me on this uh, magical mystical quest through the, the land of DC Television. Uh, first off, we're going to talk to the man who had to clean up all that glass in Lucifer's penthouse to get his own Pentecostal coin, Mr. Chub Toad Children. I'll trade anyone the coin for just a few comic books. And the uh, the woman who taught Vandal Savage's daughter how to train, the Jimbiote herself, Jerry Atkinson. Thank you. All praise due to me, of course, because I'm awesome. Uh, Mr. Daryl Taylor is on assignment in Nanda Parabat. Kickstart the uh, uh, Lazarus Pit back into action so we can get Laurel back. No, he's he would in, not do that ever. He's still, he's <laughs> is still that what denial. the kids are calling it nowadays? <laughs> yeah. Yes, there. the Lazarus Pit. Uh, so he'll be joining us back next week. But like I said, we have four shows. Let's go right into Lucifer, the uh, season finale. Uh, yes. Take me back to hell. Um, this episode is, uh, as I said, episode 13, Take Me Back to Hell. It, it starts right where the last episode ended, with them finding the uh, the preacher who had been the uh, against Lucifer with a bullet in his head on the floor of Lux. Uh, Chloe, for some reason, thinking Lucifer did it, even though she had been with him for the past five or ten minutes when he had been shot, and then four or five other cops also pulling guns on Lucifer. Lucifer incites them to shoot him. And when the one cop who's a little more trigger happy than the rest does, he disappears. It was very interesting. And it was it was cool and the way the they filmed it. It wasn't like they didn't use like CGI to show him like fading away or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? They just did right. camera cut. They cut to the kid shooting, and then Lucifer just wasn't there anymore. And you saw like the and, bullet hit the glass behind Lux right. and like some 
napkins falling down. You know? And I think that that was perfect because it kind of gave us the same sense of wonder or awe that the, the other people in the room, because they all kind of looked to that cop as he you know, prematurely shot or however you want to look at it. They looked that way. So no one saw him disappear. So it was kind of like we were in it with those officers as it happened. So it was kind of cool that way. I, you know, you don't need fancy CGI effects if you do it in a smart way like that. Right. Yeah. It was, it was more artful than, you know, it would have been if they just put some CGI in me. Yeah. Ooh, right. I'm spooky. Supernaturally. Out, you know. Amandiel grabbed Lucifer, took him to a rooftop, and they have a scene together. Lucifer has a smoke and just a cigarette, chills out for a minute. And Lucifer says he wants to go back to hell, but Amandiel says no. Uh, back on Lux, they're taking the body away. Uh, Malcolm sees uh, Maze's knives, and he takes one. Uh, Chloe talks to Dan. Uh, she thinks he's innocent. Um, they come up with a gun recovered at the scene. Uh, Dan thinks Lucifer's innocent as well because it's the same uh, the same gun he took out of evidence from Malcolm. And Dan uh, kind of spills the beans to Chloe all about Malcolm and everything else that happened in the text and how Malcolm tried to frame him from, uh, you know, threatened to frame him from murder and stuff. Then we, uh, get, I love the scene where, uh, that we get next with uh, the brothers going to uh, the therapist. Oh, it was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and she keeps saying, and you guys just keep working on this extended metaphor of heaven and now above right. blah, And then It's a ridiculous, ridiculous metaphor, and, and I was yeah, dying. It's yes. like, don't even try. Don't even try to explain to her. So like, great. That was just oh, such a great scene. Every scene with that doctor is, is just great. It always yes. is. She's joyful. But uh, first she gets mad that Amendiel wasn't really a doctor. <laughs> and then and then she has a hard time believing they're actually brothers, but then she sees them fight and then she realizes they probably... Well, he, he got her to reveal information about a patient under confidentiality because he's another doctor, but... So, I mean, technically, she broke her ethic code, right. you know? Right. Uh, so, I get why she was pissed more, you know, more at him than anything. So well, no, the, the whole scene made total sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, first of all, they need to sort things out, and that's who Lucifer kind of went to to sort things out. Right. Her being mad about being deceived, of course, I mean, it makes total sense. And then her believing their brothers because of the way they're interacting with one another. You know, the way they're fighting, and then she gives tries to give them advice, and then Lucifer gets, of course, as always, the wrong, uh, <laughs> the wrong answer right. for what yeah. she's trying to tell him. Um, and he remembers a guy who runs a funeral parlor who uh, sets up fa- uh, false identities. Chloe teams up with Maze to go look for Malcolm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, that was a, it. Was a, it was a, a like a couple of crazy team ups. That you didn't know how they were going to play out. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. They end up at uh, Malcolm's house. And uh, it's just full of stuff. Like, you know, all kinds of stuff. Speakers and, like, expensive stuff. And um, Malcolm's wife thinks they're Malcolm. And starts shooting a rifle at him. And they say, he's, you know, she explains that he's been acting weird. She doesn't know where he's at. And he uh, went, Dan and Chloe, you know... Compared notes, and they they really kind of come up short. You know, the one thing about that scene too, and I guess it doesn't really bother me that much, but I I thought about it is, you know, 
during the time that Malcolm was in the hospital, you know, in his coma and whatnot, I mean, she got really close with other officers and other officers' families. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking, if he was really going that far off his rocker, would she not have reached out to some of them? I mean, I get why we didn't go down that road, because it would detract from our main story and whatnot. But it just, that just made, you know, I just would have thought she would have reached out to somebody before it got to that point. Sure. The uh, the brothers uh, show up at Dan's office to find out what he knows about uh, Malcolm, but then they disappear when Dan's back is turned. Um, they meet Chloe meets Dan at the brewery, and Malcolm there is trying to make a deal with the dealer. He pulls a gun and demands the guy puts money in the bag, and the dealer gives him the money and he takes off. A bunch of goons come after Mendel and Lucifer. Uh, Mendel wants to stop time, but Lucifer convinces him to fight. Uh, they knocked him out, and uh, Lucifer accidentally puts his hand on Mendel's shoulder like they're friends, and uh, it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> that was that was pretty cool. Um, Malcolm shows up and uh, shoves a demon knife into Mendel, and uh, Mendel goes down. Lucifer comes on the scene thinking Mendel's trying to keep Malcolm to himself, but Malcolm runs when he sees Lucifer. Lucifer sees that his brother is wounded and stays, but Mendel sends him off to find Malcolm. Maze arrives and says she'll take care of him in DL. Chloe gets a bag of money um, that from the dealer that, that Malcolm got together from, from another cop. And then Malcolm uh, kidnaps Trixie, tells him, you know, they will uh, do an exchange. Lucifer, of course, shows up <laughs> after telling Chloe that he won't and tries to do his little, like, uh, um, you know, what do you desire trick on uh, Malcolm. Right. It turns out what Malcolm desired was to shoot Lucifer and for Lucifer to feel like what it feels like to die and this is where it gets super interesting because malcolm um um the little girl hides and, and chloe is hiding and malcolm is looking for them and uh it's like you know he, he knows it's only a matter of time before malcolm will find them and kill them and lucifer says that you know he tells his his dad he'll be the good boy that he wants him to be he prays yeah he prays. <laughs> I mean, he reaches yeah, out to his, his very dad. interesting yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then we get a scene of him, and it, I really liked the way it was shot. They showed him, like, laying out on the on the pavement, right? And then it was like a 180 shot of him laying on the ceiling, almost. Right. And then coming to, and this kind of, like, uh, a blurry representation. I guess that was part of hell, because he's, like, home sweet home. Right. When he's in there, and he's, like, oh, all this ash everywhere and he sees like this uh this locked door or a door that had been locked in a lot of ways for a long time but it, it looked like it had been opened yeah. and he his eyes get wide when he sees he, yeah he actually looked like he had fear yeah in right. his eyes right there it right wasn't now. just wonder of why is that door open or how did it get open it was oh crap <laughs> why is this door open so and then you know it just makes you wonder what went through that door. Uh, yeah, but Lucifer uh, wakes up after this uh, a, a little trip to hell uninjured. And just as uh, Malcolm is finding uh, Chloe, Lucifer walks up and uh, it's like, hello, how are you doing? And then, you know, punches him into a wall. And as Malcolm starts to get up, Trixie puts, or not Trixie, Chloe puts uh, three bullets into him. And as he's dying... You know, he's laughing or whatever. He's like, "Oh, I've got that, I've got that get out of hell free card." And he reaches for the coin. The coin is gone, and it's back in Lucifer's hand. 
and Lucifer flips it to him, and as it flips over to him, it disintegrates. I don't know if I missed something here, because I didn't quite understand. I mean, I understood the scene of him going to hell, finding the doorway, and then getting this second chance from his father. Okay. But at what point did the coin get to him? I mean, are, is it just that it appeared because his dad made it that way? Or I just, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. I got the whole metaphor of what he was doing, you know, with the coin disappearing. I just couldn't figure out how he got the coin. I think he got the coin back from Malcolm when he was approaching him and he got shot and he used the coin to come back oh, okay. from hell. And because he had used it, that's why it disintegrated. Okay. Am I reading too much into that? No, that's it, because he said well, it's a one-use only. Exactly. He said that that makes button. sense to me now. I just, yeah. I didn't quite get it. So, okay. He, like, used it himself, you know. Oh, I like that. That actually makes perfect sense now. Okay. Uh, Trixie comes out of hiding. Uh, Chloe tells Lucifer she can't believe he's alive. Um, he says he'll talk to her later, but Trixie isn't around. Uh, Lucifer goes back to his uh, penthouse above Lux. And Mendiel is, uh, he tells Mendiel he, he killed Malcolm, and Mendiel is, his uh, wounds are healed. But he says that uh, his, he talked to Dad, and Dad answered him. And that uh, someone has escaped from hell, and uh, he wants Mendiel and Lucifer to find them. And Mendiel's like, oh, well, just a lost self from hell. Who could it be? And Lucifer, yeah. Lucifer, and, and Lucifer just sits there, and Mendiel's like, you look scared. Who who is it? Who you know? And he does. He looks very afraid. And he looks over to Mendiel and says, "Mum." No, he says, "Damn right, I'm afraid." Yeah, damn First. right. I'm like, "Well, that's appropriate." Yeah. Damned. Yes. No, as far as his mom, I mean, because they don't specify. That's the last. That's it. That's Benito. I have a theory here. Okay. Okay. Tell so. me what you think. Well, first of all, you know, like we, like I said, that fear in his eyes when he saw that door open. Right. That right. means that something that frightened Satan yeah. escaped hell. So it's something it's his more mom. Cool and worse than Satan came through that door. Then we know it's a female figure of some sort. Uh-oh. And that it's I'm directly related to Satan. So I'm afraid exactly of where this is going. Hold it's on. my ex-wife. My yeah, I, mean, I knew it was something like has that. Escape hell, and Lucifer must contain her and take her back. I can't believe I followed you through that shitstorm of theory. I knew, I knew, I knew where he was going. Like after about five seconds. Okay. Like, well, I was watching it. Hasn't known me as long as you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna say one word. I'm gonna back off. Lilith. Okay. That, yeah. That's that's what Noel said. He that's said Lilith, and I'm like, I you know, that's kind of a cop out since Lilith was supposed to be Adam's first wife, but she is a known evil, you know, she's, biblical she's, entity. She's but also I was known as like the Night Mother, and is a, yeah. yeah a well, that would be interesting. With, I, like I'm that. hoping they go different with it. I'm hoping they they put a twist on it and go, you know, like the the Earth goddess, go like Gaia, or you know, like cool. go like. Yeah, like like maybe she was so vicious she had to be. I know in Supernatural they have something similar. They have, they have um, uh, Lucifer's sister is the dar- or no sorry God's sister is the darkness, and they had her locked away and she got free. Right. So I mean theoretically God is light, so they could do something similar, but I doubt they'd take that approach. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they go different than Lilith though. I really am. 
Yeah, just, I mean, because in the original mythology, Lilith was like the first wife of Adam. Yeah, that's what it, yeah, exactly. Right? And and that's, well, she had free a, will, yeah, and then that did not yeah, work out for Adam, right. so. That yeah, was like, exactly right when they said, Mom, that was exactly where I went to was Lilith. Right. I don't know, I just, I did as long, and I'm cool with that as long as she doesn't come back in the form of Bill Compton again, so, yeah. I don't get that. Did you not oh, watch, you didn't your watch Blood? Blood? No. Oh Lord. Okay. No, I I want. I hope they go a little different. I hope they go like like Gaia or some like because you know it's always been strange to me that God was a male energy anyway since creation is pretty much women. Mm-hmm. So I'd I'd be interest interested to see if they did anything but Lilith. I mean, if they have to do a little yeah. fine, but I'm kind of hoping they don't. I do like the whole Gaia thing, but why would Gaia be in hell? That's what I don't quite get. No, she well, she's locked up. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was yeah, the, that was the real like uh, you know message of that uh, trip was that. Right, that she, I was just thinking she's locked people. up, and that's what that's what hell does is lock people up. You know? True. Cells in heaven that that would be kind of counterproductive to heaven, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> On a side side note, one of the first HHWLOD that I listened to was you talking about True Blood with some of your waitresses there from Gypsy. Yeah, I watched the first few seasons, but that was it. Oh, so man, yeah, yeah, it kind of jumped the shark with Lilith. It was kind of cool in a way, but still. Now back to DC TV. Back Yay. to Yay. and see. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it. That ep- that whole episode was pretty powerful, especially when um when uh Mace used the used the feather from Lucifer's wings. Yeah. Right. So, oh, and, yeah, and, that was interesting. I mean, it was powerful. I'm like, whoa, what am I watching here? You know, I mean, I know they've been showing her evolve, but to take that kind of risk, you know, and I, that, was, that was pretty cool. I don't know. I just have to say, again, this episode centered around Lucifer and those that he deals right. with and, and didn't center on something else. And it involved Malcolm, but it didn't center on Malcolm. It's still yeah. centered on Lucifer. And that that's what made it good. I, and I have to say... This show, I mean, I really, really was on board in the beginning. If you remember, I really, really liked it. And there in the middle, it just kind of just, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked what it was trying to do. It just didn't do it. And these last couple of episodes have been great. And this one, I mean, it ended so well. It set up for season two so well with the whole mom thing and everything else going on. I'm I'm really looking forward to season two now as before I was kind of leery, leery of are we going to get something good for season two. So, yeah, uh, this this episode really did it for me. I agree. This was an A episode. I mean, this knocked it out of the park to me. Watch his, watch his mom be Fish Mooney. Oh, God. What did you, or no, it'll be Laurel. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Oh, gosh. <laughs> Anything but that. His mother, Fish Mooney. Oh, God. I heard her so first, guys. I just, oh, like, geez, God. No. Although I could see her being Satan's mother, but yeah. Oh, God. Oh, season two, right here, guys. Oh, sh- Sorry, I ruined you, Lucifer, season two, everybody. Yeah, I give this an A as well. This was a good way to end the season. It's a good way to roll into the next season. And uh, and like we've been saying from the beginning, you know, Lucifer's the most interesting part of the story. Keep him in the center. You know, don't make him just yeah. a gimmick, yep. you know, toward exactly. a procedural thing. I know you don't agree, Jerry, but I think it's a lesson I zombie learned, too. 
It'll yep. it live more central to the story. It makes it more interesting. So. Okay. Okie dokie. Let's move on to The Flash. Or, in this episode, The Guy. It's called Back to Normal. Season 2, episode 19. And guys, Barry Allen does not have his speed back. Oh, no. Barry Allen does not have his speed back, guys. Uh, we've seen the opening montage the way Barry's life used to be with his speed. You know, getting everything done quickly and uh, we see how it is not now. He has uh, some problems of his own. Caitlin has been uh, kidnapped by Zoom, taken to Earth 2, to Zoom's lair, doing his best uh, uh, psycho uh, <laughs> courtship ritual to Caitlin. Um, it's funny, he has Caitlin locked up. He has Caitlin's double locked up, so double the Caitlin, double the fun. And he has... Uh, <laughs> And he has uh, the man in the iron mask, because we still don't know who that guy is. Nope. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Ugh. And you know what? I read an interview with uh, uh, Berlanti this week, and he goes, uh, when we take the mask off, it'll blow people's minds. I'm like, who? what? Is it Zorn from the X-Men? I mean, what? Who, 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 yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who could you? Uh, I I was thinking it's going to be the actual Jake Garrick. Yeah, we've been saying like, for a while though. From Earth Three or something, I don't know, but the original Jake Garrick from Earth Two, and he's been a speed battery for Zoom this whole time. Yeah, that's why he's there, you know. So I mean, we you know we've had the theory for quite a while, but again, they're toying with us longer and longer on that one. But, uh, you know, uh, Hunter's giving her the old, you know, why don't you love me? Because, you know, even though I have you chained up in a in a, in a cell, you should love me. <laughs> no. I, I have a question for you uh, to think about. Um, do you think we're going to see Wally West be, get his speed force this season? Or do you think that that's something they're going to put off? I think he's going to learn who Barry is. And I think he's going to be part of Team Flash. But I don't know if he's going to actually... It's kind of a race now between him and Jesse. I mean, yeah. she, he actually called her Jesse Quick this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, I caught that, yeah, so... Who, who do you think is going to get super speed first, Jesse or, or Wally? I said Jesse because she already got the Velocity 9 shot, remember? Right, and, I, well, I think it'd be her anyway because they need to either make her character more interesting or fade her out, so... You know, and I'm I'm on the side of make her more interesting because I think she could be a good interesting character. So, but I I'm looking forward to Wally West's Flash as well. If we get that, I was thinking maybe if they were going to do it this season, maybe he would accidentally or somehow be following to figure out what's going on and and gets hit by the whole thing what they're doing of trying to get Barry his speed back by recreating the accident. Mm-hmm. You know, but. I don't know. That could be the trigger for, for anyone's speed, really, in that, that scenario. Right. It could be um, Jesse. Right. It could be could be Jesse. could be Wally. could be, you know, anyone. I mean, with, if they end up doing that. There, we, we get this whole thing about uh, Harry. He wants to, he, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of ticked off at Team yeah. Flash about the way things went down last episode. As we were, too, if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We were not very pleased with Barry's <laughs> actions last episode, either. Exactly. No. <laughs> Be a little more ruthless, Barry. I mean, Worst plan ever, and yeah. I want you to go to a dictionary. I want you to look up the, dic- the the definition of the word hubris. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I want you to write that down. There you go. Put it in your pocket for next time, okay? 
because that was a bit much. Harrison uh, Wells, Earth 2 style, is trying to track down Jesse. He's able to find her because uh, I guess people from Earth 2 put it on numb out cell phones <laughs> because of the vibration right. uh, from, from another dimension or whatever. He finds her. They have a moment. She's still kind of afraid of him from what he did, you know, during the whole Zoom thing. And yeah. he... And he is afraid for her because of the whole Zoom thing. You know, he could pop out any time and just take her back and be back at square one with him. Uh, so, as uh, you know, as Harrison's leaving empty-handed on the way home, he runs into quite literally <laughs> Griffin Gray. What? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He's a mad metahuman. Why is he mad? Well, it's like this. I felt <laughs> bad for him. He has super strength and invulnerability, but every time he uses his power, it makes him a little bit older. And in this episode, he looks middle-aged, but he's actually only 18 years old. And he is mad, and he thinks this Wells is the Earth-1 Wells, and he demands a cure. I felt bad for him, because one, just what he was going through, but two, he's barking up the wrong tree because it's not him. But three... Also, if he would stop and, and listen for a minute, maybe this Wells could help find him a cure. Yeah. I mean, but, so, but I understood why he was not letting him speak so much, you know? So I just, I felt bad for him. I just, I did. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's fairly sympathetic. He just wanted to get a cure for what was going on. And uh, I don't know, he, uh, he said, you know, he says, you know, he says, you know, cure him or he's going to kill Harry. They have no idea why he's aging or how he's aging. Uh, Jesse helped his uh, one of her five majors in college was biochemistry. So, <laughs> as, as we find out, yeah. five majors. It's it's what, funny. That's it's like, not normal. It's like it's like everybody thinks she's not. I, I don't think she's not an interesting character. I just think she needs more to differentiate herself from Caitlin, who is already our super. Yeah. Science well, check on the show, you know. And that's what I was trying to say. Not that she's not interesting now, it's just she's not doing interesting things. She just set herself apart from Caitlin somehow, or else they're kind of yeah. playing the same role, you know. Well, I think if we if it ends up being her that gets the speed force soon, then that that would maybe do it. Uh they run into a Griffin at the Ace Chemical <clears throat> Barry, Cisco and Joe. They attempt to arrest Griffin. But he, he's not coming quietly, and uh, he almost gets the better of Barry, and he knocks him down with a heavy chemical barrel. But uh, Griffin flees, and he's continuing to age as this is going on. Uh, Barry's in need of medical attention, and he has some a major amount of pain in his abdomen. He doesn't have that healing factor right. that he had before with the accelerated metabolism. Yeah, he's hurting. I like the scene that showed him adjusting to the speed of regular life. Yeah, like, yeah, like the, it was. It was like yeah. a little montage. It was. It was really amusing. It was like a like sh- almost like a short film. Like right. this right. used to be my day. You know, I I did this and this and this before. You know, like like I did more than you did in a day and an hour. And then right. and then the coffee cup breaks. Yeah, I, like, if I tried to drop right. my coffee, I'd have time to recover it. In real life, you're sleepy as crap. You have to get your coffee in regular time, and then you still drop it, and it just drops. <laughs> and you have to stand in line at the, jit- at the jitters. And all, yeah, that was the opening sequence. That was, so I was talking tragic. about before. Oh, yeah. Poor Barry. Poor Have Barry has to do everything. He has to do everything we do. <laughs> oh right. no. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, they reinf- they re- they uh, decided to um, hatch a plan. I-, I wasn't sure why Barry was going out there, since he had no powers whatsoever. Exactly. Um, as yeah. Flash, why wouldn't he just go out as Barry, like with the rest of Team Flash? You know? Right. I don't know. Maybe just to draw, just to maybe show that Flash is still around. You yeah. know, that's that's what I thought. But yeah, I thought it was also kind of, you know dumb the way he went about it. It's like, oh. He uh, reinforced uh, the Flash suit with some uh, uh, Dwarf Star alloy. Similar similar to what Ray Palmer has in his Adam suit. We'll be talking about that later on Legends. The giant robot fight. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, they use Jesse to, uh, to track Harry. They find him in the amusement park. There are always abandoned amusement parks in comic book shows. Have you noticed that? Are there a lot of abandoned amusement parks somewhere? Something. Um, in horror movies, yes. And and comic book shows. <laughs> any any issue of the Batman with the Joker in it, pretty much. Uh, well, I mean, it's the perfect lair for the Joker. You I gotta mean, have an amusement park. Just, I mean, he's an amusing guy. He's the I, Joker. I'm just making um, fun of a well-worn trope, sir. Trying to entertain our audience. And 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 Doing I respect so. that, sir. Um, they find the uh, they they find this amusement park. They have uh, Iris and Jesse are remotely turning on and off the uh, the park attractions to kind of to distract Griffin. The the, the the play here is to get Griffin to use up his powers until uh, he can't uh, you know until he's you know old enough to uh, belong in a nursing home, <laughs> and that's kind of what happens. Um, he does go after Barry and he lands like one hard punch. Barry dodges a few more, and then he gets another actual painful hit in. Uh, but all that fighting causes Griffin to collapse and die. And then as he dies, he reverts back to his younger self. Which is sad. So, he lived, so sad. So he dies. He, li- he lives hard, dies fast, and leaves a good-looking corpse. Literally. Was that clever when you wrote it down? Or <laughs> I don't know. Just joking. Very I, interesting I didn't think it was clever either way. It, I was <laughs> up on it. That's all. Um, okay. We get a Jesse and Harry reunite scene. And she's like, look, try not to kill anybody in the future, okay? And he's like, okay, go. And then we, and then we get a, a, a cute scene with Wally thanking Barry for what he did um, to save his life. And then Wally says he's going to try in any way he can to repay him. Because he knew it was a, a, a big price to pay. And Barry's like, you're welcome. And that's the end of that. We end the episode with two different epi- with, uh, uh, two different kind of epilogues. After uh, watching her doppelganger try to kill her, and then watching Hunter Zolomon kill her doppelganger in front of her, Caitlin's like, I want to go home. I want to go home to Earth-1, blah, blah, blah. So Zolomon's like, fine, fine. You want to whine about going back to Earth-1? Great, great. Get your bag. We're going to Earth-1 right now. I'll show you. Right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the other epilogue is Barry and Harry. They're hanging out at Star Labs. They can't sleep. And Harry's like, look, you know, I'm, I wasn't the, the other Harrison Wells, but you know what? I think I, I have an idea of how I can fix things. Uh, I'm going to help you get your speed back. Barry's like, how are you going to do that? And he said, well, we're going to do another particle wave explosion. So let's put wrong. Let's make wrong what once went wrong. Let's. Let's, let's cause a whole new batch of humans to right? up that we'll have. Worst to... plan ever, ever. Come on. 
I would almost rather he got his power back by being under high stress. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought he was going to take it from Jesse Quick. I thought that was going to be the thing, that she had been hiding, that she had speed, and then he was going to siphon it off or something. Yeah, just a theory. So that's what they're going to go with. They're going to go and make another particle accelerator uh, wave explosion. But like we were saying before, if they do that, that would be the door to get, like, you know, any other number of these characters, their metahuman powers. True. That could be the door to Caitlyn becoming Killer Frost. You know, that could be the door to either Jesse or Walla getting super speed or whatever, you know. Iris West is the incredible shrinking woman. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be anything. I don't okay. know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that I'm a little disappointed in the way Flash has been going this season. Although it's been good, at the same time, it's kind of like they've really dragged this Zoom thing out a little bit longer than it needed to. I don't I agree. know. No, that's that's acceptable. I, I, think this, I think this would have worked better as a tighter season, like maybe 18-episode season, or maybe even a 16-episode season, rather than a, a full 21-22 episodes. Well, or even and I if think that's keep... where the problem is coming in, because yeah. if it was a tighter season... They had a you know, shorter number of episodes to work with. They w- you wouldn't get that dragged out feeling because they wouldn't have to drag it out. Well, or do two arcs. Do your Zoom arc to the middle of the season or maybe a little bit further and then have a little smaller arc at the last half of the season that sets up this big cliffhanger ending to go into the next season. Plus, so I, don't I, think, to- I don't think that actor, I don't think Teddy Sears is as compelling as Hunter Zolomon as Tom yeah. Cavanaugh was as Eobard Thawne slash I agree. Wells. I, agree. I just don't think he's on the same caliber um, as an actor. That's just my opinion. Well, also, we saw him as the, quote, powerless, you know, Jake Garrick that got a little bit sappy and whiny at times, you know. I didn't like so, him in that role either. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> though, but as it evolved into him being who we now know he is, it just... He, it never became believable because we didn't like his character to begin with, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's sometimes you can take like a, a kind of bland, goody-goody character and make them evil or a villain and make it really work. Like think about the the Dark Willow episodes of Buffy, or oh yeah, oh, I'm trying to think. I had another example in mind. I can't remember now, but uh, but I mean, there there are ways to make that work. And this is it's just, I don't know, it's not working as well as it should for me. Plus, I don't really I don't really buy him as a psychotic. Like, when he was trying to be all evil and menacing in that versus Zoom thing, I just didn't... Right, that's what I'm saying. didn't come across, you know, it didn't... Yeah. There are better ways to do that. Um, or, or, oh, I know, Agent Ward on uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first season. Good example. You know, he was like, you know, by the book, goody goody Jason Bourne type guy, and everybody hated him and thought his character was boring. And but they turned out to be a Hydra, and all of a sudden he's interesting. You know. So did did Gemma kill him? I'm a little behind on the agents. Oh, okay. I I don't like it. Yeah, I'm 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 a, I'm up and down with it, but it's the last. Sky slash Daisy always kills it for me. 
Yeah. I, I know. I and even my great esteem for me now when keeps me from watching. I have a feeling that Sky Daisy, whatever she is, is not going to make it after this season. I, people have been nice. saying that since the first season. Seriously, and she just <laughs> on and people in the no, but I think I I feel that's what they're leading up to right now. So okay. If you want more on Agents of Shield, watch our uh, one of our brother podcasts. It's all connected on the HHW watch them. Network. Watch them, listen to them, listen to the podcast, close your eyes, and watch them in your mind as they speak to you, <laughs> as the sounds go round and round in your brain. The Flash this week, I give it a B. It was, I mean, it was a Flash episode. It was decent. It, uh, I agree that they were taking too long with the Zoom thing. I wish we'd get more reveal. Um, more, I think we need, like, more... More steak, less sizzle. You know what I mean? It's like they've been Zoom. You know, we've had a lot of Zoom. Oh, my God, it's Zoom. Zoom. Ah, we're afraid of Zoom. Ah, scared, scared, scared. This is where we can use a little less CGI and a little bit more story. Yeah. And, you know, they've tried to fill in some of the backstory with Hunter Zellman, but I just, um, I don't know. Yeah, I... I, It's it's not nearly as effective as last season's villain, you know. Yeah, I give it a C because a C is average, and this was just an average Flash episode, so definitely just a flat C. You, I know you can do better, Flash. Check minus needs improvement. Exactly. Yeah, C minus. Mm. This wasn't that impressed, and I as much as everybody likes Caitlin times two, when Caitlin goes Killer Frost, or when that actress goes Killer Frost, it's so hokey to me. I feel like I'm watching a Power Rangers episode. I'm Waiting for the evil cackle or some crap. Wait till next week when Katie Cassidy gets to play Black Siren, the the evil oh. Earth Two Black Canary. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's how I feel about her. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, let's move on to Arrow. Oh God, that's how they're going to bring Laurel back. Canary Cry. Two Laurel. No, Earth Two Laurel is evil. No, I think they. I think if you watch this episode of Arrow, you you see how they're gonna bring the canary back. Yeah, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, we start this episode at a funeral, but wait, it's a switcheroo. It's not Laurel's funeral. Oh no, it's Tommy Merlin's funeral uh, from back in the day, and um, when Oliver's supposed to step up and say a few words, Laurel steps up and says a few words at the funeral. There, thus sets the uh, tone of flashbacks for this episode. We don't get island flashbacks this time, thank goodness, but we do get flashbacks of Laurel. So if oh, you want, damn it, I thought she was gone. Can we just let that go? You want yeah. one last look at Laurel before she's gone? Yay! Right. It was a, it was a nice tribute that just could have been summed up in like a five minute thing at the beginning of the episode, and then give us an actual episode. This whole episode is, I, I wanted to call it the, the, by the way, it's a season four episode, uh, 19, called Canary Cry. I personally wanted to call it the self-blame game. Yep. Like, the only one that wasn't Totally blaming, agree. The only one that wasn't blaming themselves w- w- was Oliver, in a weird way. But, like, especially Diggle. Like, he had the same conversation, like, three times. Oh, man, if I'd only listened to Oliver and not trusted my brother. Laurel would still be alive, you know. And that's the thing; it was fine once, but you right. Right, it was like three or four times. And on top of that, to different characters and with no resolution. But he delivered the line so over the top, 
Shatner style, yes. you know. Oh, like, that's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, come on, man. You know, it's fine when Shatner does it. Give right. me a little Kirk. But no, 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 no. It was, it just, it was so bad. But even the way he said it just didn't make any sense, because, like, if I'd only listened to Oliver and not trusted my brother, I'm like, all right, well, I just, I'm sorry. Just, you know, the whole episode was gratuitous melodrama. Just one heart-wrenching, supposedly, scene after the other. Really and, lots, and lots of it. I mean, there was a lot of, like, self-blaming. Do you get these uh, scenes with uh, Captain Lance? I mean, he was like the the real like th- a through line through the episode. Yeah. He uh, first of all, you know, you get to see him when he, you know, he, he, like first he's also you know dead body or whatever. Then at first he's like all the crazy shit that we've seen, we can't, you know, I mean, it couldn't be Laurel, she couldn't be back to life, you know. Here, yeah, but here's the thing: is out of all the people that were overreacting and 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 overreaching in their scenes and whatnot, his was the one that I actually, you know kind of bought into a little bit well it made sense i mean how many other i mean think about all the different people who have died on the show mm-hmm. that have come back or weren't right. dead or like fake their Marvel dead. well right. and you know <laughs> this isn't the first time or the last time probably he's lost a daughter oh yeah. right so yeah, that's like, true even this i mean tells him that, you know? yeah he's, he's like right. okay so you put her in a pit what, what do i need to pack come on let's get yeah exactly <laughs> like, and i get this that he's gone like, a little all right, where do we go yeah. How are we going to rent a car? What are we doing? Am I getting a plane? Yeah. Line, line? Do we have to wait for the full moon? I don't know. Do, hey, we, yeah, you know, let me book the flight. Let's go. So right. Like warmer warmer like, huh? So we put the, the girl in the pit and then she comes back, right? <laughs> this is like, so no, easy. dude. I so shut that easy. down. But as we all know, there has to be more than one Lazarus pit in existence. Do we know that? Those of us that read comic books know that. Yeah, I mean, his whole through line totally made sense. With all the crazy crap they've seen, it would be easy to believe that, you know, his daughter might still be alive. And the fact there was a woman running around dressed as a black canary using the sonic device, like, just feeds into that whole thing. Yeah, but also felt a little forced into the episode. But you know what? I'd rather they just hit the ground running with that rather than make a huge thing out of it. It would have probably made more sense, yes. You know, I'd rather they just move, you know, move it along because obviously they're they're getting ready for the uh, season and in confrontation with Dark, right? right. I mean, we right. find that at the end of this episode where we finally get the the rest of that cemetery scene played out with uh, Felicity and, and Oliver in the back of that limo. You know, where she's like, "You're gonna kill that son of a bitch, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, but I don't know how." Yeah. Now, here's something I want to ask really quick, and I don't know if this is a thing or, or if I'm just, like, reading too much into it, right? But remember when Barry had Zoom, like, uh, strapped down last episode? And uh, Zoom was like, there's, beyond that, there's only the darkness, and his eyes got really, really dark. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then this episode, Oliver is talking about the darkness. Like, he's come up against this darkness, and there's no way he can stop it or whatever. Are they setting something up there? Is that a connection, or am I just looking for something? I don't know. I have no Hmm. idea. Hmm. You know, at times, this this show really seems like it has flashes of brilliance, but at others, they take turns that are so moronic, even I couldn't anticipate it. So I stopped setting myself up for disaster by trying to give them the benefit of the doubt for making these really brilliant choices all the time. Does that make sense? (laughs) 
kind of awful. <laughs> well, that way you don't get disappointed, right? Exactly. Lowered expectations. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Lowered expectations. Oh, yeah, Mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be interesting, though, because, I mean... He talks about. I mean, he talks about in the in terms of the speed force, and then his eyes turn all black. Remember? Oh yeah. The, the zoom does. I'm referring to, and now Oliver's referring to it, and that's what happened to the dude in the cave. His eyes got all black too. Remember when they found that? Yeah. Uh, to- and they fly. I know we tried to block out those flashbacks, but in this one, you know, he had the the um, you know, his eyes blacked out like the zooms did. And I'm just right. wondering if that's some sort of. I mean, are they setting up the Great Darkness Saga somehow in the background here? Or... Oh, it's it's Blackest Night. It's coming. Or, yeah, I mean, Jeff Johns is around as part of that. Yeah, yep. That know. would be kind of cool, though. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, it might be cool if they did something like that. I don't know. I mean, it would be a cool way to, you know, to do the crossover. Yeah. It'd be some, you know, I, I don't know. It'd be a cool way to cross it over with uh, Legends of Tomorrow, too, because there'd be... Yeah, well, and I love The Blackest Night. I have all the hardcover collections of all those and all the tie-ins. I really enjoyed that series and Brightest Day after it. Oh, I was about to say, are we talking Lantern Corps now? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I have a interesting collection you might want to see. Faux <laughs> Canary turns out to be a woman by the name of Elevin, uh, Evelyn Sharp. Evelyn Crawford. Oh, ah, Evelyn Crawford Sharp. Turns out her family was killed by Hive. He tells, uh, and I thought it was great that she tells Oliver that he failed the city. And, and he thought about it, and he's like, and oh, shit, that, I did I fail the city. Like, Damn, I did. Yeah. Fail the city. yeah. But, you know, he makes one mistake out of all the other people he saved, and now you got some crazy lady running around screaming. You know? Wouldn't some people see him as a crazy guy and freaking, you know, he's an outfit? Green Arrow. No, he's Green Arrow. Stop (laughs) it. He's a crazy guy in a. You know the answer to that. Don't even start. Just, he's the Green Arrow. Uh, There's also a scene where Diggle goes commando and he decides to take matters into his own weird helmeted control. I didn't Uh, know whether or not he was wearing underpants, but he did go kind of crazy. Yeah, he he holds up Ruve Adams' limo and he plans to kill her as a message to Damien Dark. Um,. It's just like like a lot of blame and angst flying all over the place. It, it seriously, it was just like completely over dramatized pathos just spilling out over everything. That was the entire episode. And, and if, if if let's just pretend we've never thought in this entire season that that helmet was ridiculous. Just let's just just pretend that we've never mentioned it. And this episode just made it absolutely and utterly ridiculous when he's oh god, I'm just like rolling my eyes so hard when he was yeah, like yeah, it was hard not to. gruff and rah, 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 rah through it yeah. it was like you could see like the spit coming out from his mouth I was like oh <laughs> it was so bad yeah, so Oliver, thinking, Oliver. wow is that spit getting <laughs> on his face in that helmet or what I mean <laughs> hashtag get rid of the helmet seriously that helmet is so dumb hashtag. it's so stupid he just might might as well be made out of like styrofoam and stuff it, it's it, so cheap looking it looks like the kind of um like there are landscapers around here that wear uh, there are things similar. They're the plastic that go yeah. up your face. You can yeah. spray with them. Well, did you ever go oh. to like a laser tag place or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheesy helmets you would get, you know, to wear for the sensor for your head. 
Absolutely not. I paintball like a real man. So Hey, I paintball too. <laughs> I actually paintball for a long time. Oliver stops Diggle. Yeah, let's Ruve. I love saying that name. Ruve Escape. Uh, that makes Diggle even matter. And uh, he just worried that every minute that Andy runs free, that he could kill his wife and kid. And uh, this time Oliver has to give Diggle advice. Which is kind of interesting that they flip that around. Because it's always Diggle giving Oliver advice. If I just listen to you, man. If I, if I just listen to you. Oh, let's bro it out and cry and stuff. Because we suck and whatever. But uh, Ruve uses the attack to rally the city behind a hunt for the canary. Making her a criminal to be stopped. It's very interesting how they clear the canary's name in this. Yeah. I like that they have a doctor on their side, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they took the time to explain that in the episode a little bit. The doctor, you know, they saw the, um, they, they ended up with the cover, the cover story for, uh, for Laurel. Yep. The doctor was able to help them out. Yep. I don't oh. know, for a minute, for just a minute before we had the whole reveal of who the new canary was, I, I thought maybe that doctor stole the thing and was out there doing the canary thing. I thought oh, that would, man. I was like, that would be cool if that doctor was doing it, but Dr. Canary. Dun, dun, dun. This week on NBC, Dr. Canary. Hashtag. She thought she saw a putty tat. Okay. <laughs> the, the, um... the, that's all folks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That will be all. Thank you. Yeah, let's, let's call it a night. We're all cut off. Wait, I felt the disturbance in the force as if thousands of pods just shut off at once. Aww. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No whammies. No there whammies. goes our iTunes. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, this, folks. It's our last week in What's Hot Radio. Last uh, Hope you guys enjoyed it one last week. <laughs> oh, Evelyn attacks Ruvay. Holds her gunpoint. Uh, Oliver is able to talk her out of killing her. Of course, you know, this won't serve justice to kill her. Blah blah blah. You know that kind of thing. And the real Black Canary would not want Evelyn to act with such violence. And uh, that's the thought that really keeps her from shooting. And everybody comes out of there alive. Uh, and, and Laurel's funeral. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Sheldon and I sent flowers. Say goodbye. <laughs> he sent big ass sunflowers and popcorn and candy. Oh, yeah. Happiest shit you could find. <laughs> big, stuff, big stuffed animals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Candy. Some, the, we were ordered her with Japanese stuffed those animals. baskets that are made out Let of fresh fruit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pokemon. <laughs> Penny of the Week Club. You, know. you don't even know. Okay. We went all out. <laughs> So, uh, you know, uh, Oliver gives a speech, and uh, he tells those gathered of Laurel's crusade to do good and to make the city better. Um, Evelyn watches him from afar, just as he did at Tommy's funeral we saw earlier. And uh, he reveals that Laurel told him before she died that she was the Black Canary. Da, da, da. A slight bending of the truth, but it ensures that she's not going to be painted as a criminal. Finally, this uh, this is the scene that we've been you know seeing in the flash forward all this time. Uh, Oliver stands by the grave as Barry comes to console him. Now we know who's under there, though. And then now uh, we get the scene of Felicity 
you know, Oliver in the back of the limo. Felicity's like, you go kick his ass. Go kick his ass. And Oliver's like, I don't know. know." Felicity's like, look, go kick his ass. Pretty much it. I hope the two of them get back together before this season is over so we don't have that drama next season. Yeah, she was like, uh, I think her extra line was, you know, one of the things I love about you is that you always found a way. So find a way. Life finds a way. And I'm just like, so I don't know about that. But anyway. Yeah, no. So there's a new canary in town who I already like more than Laurel. So <laughs> not saying a whole lot. I give this up. I give this episode a B minus. It was okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. If Kitty Cassie's gonna be off the show, that's that's fine. But the flashbacks were a bit much, mm-hmm. and the CWness was a bit much, and the self blame and guilt was a bit much. But I am glad we got a new Black Canary out of it, and I'm glad we finally got a resolution that flashed forward at the funeral scene. So. Yeah, because of the resolution and everything, I'll give it a B minus. It, yeah, I mean it, and I think that that's kind of grading up on the curve a little bit. So, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going, ready for this season to be over. Yeah, I'm going to see. It was it was too much. I I shouldn't have to roll my eyes as much. I shouldn't have to feel like why am I being dragged through all these feels that I don't feel. I feel like I was being the buttons were being pushed, and I was just like no. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely like oh no you feel here no <laughs> like instead of a laugh track this one should have like a sob track or like a but, pathos but track for you that. at least they flashed back to some of her good hair scenes they did do that i'll give them that and i i do like the the the, the um the with hair captain lance scenes yeah yeah that's how you can Can't. tell you're in the past actually Can't. he's the character i felt the most for throughout this entire episode. He always is. He's actually the yeah. touchstone. He's the only one that you you can kind of sympathize. Everybody else is so, gets so out of bounds so many times. You don't give a crap. To me. Yep. So yes. See. On to Legends of Tomorrow, our final show of the week. <laughs> do we have to? Oh come on, giant robots! Can we just do that part? I actually like that part, but then there's the rest of the episode. They were like Tron. The one was like Tron robot too. Yeah, it had like atom symbols on it, and and, and it looked pretty cool. Well, and I think that that kind of hinted at that it was, you know, bastardized, twisted for evil use uh, Palmer tech that into Mm. the future. That's at least that's what I took from it. Still look cool. It looks kind of like Ultra. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, they bring the way the uh, our intrepid uh, time explorers bring the Wave Rider to London about three days before Rip Hunter's kids, uh, kid and, and uh, wife were to be killed. Uh, they offer their help to the resistance and they send, as they put in the episode, Killer, Klepto, and Pyro to go uh, uh, take a, a, a run at Savage. Kind of, they kind of do, but then they end up uh, capturing Savage's daughter. So hot. Turns out to be Savage's daughter, and Snart works on her. Snart, like, kind of, you know, Savage's daughter's, like, uh, you know, has this idealized version of Savage in her mind. Snart's like, well, you know, she, he's the one that did the, uh, the the virus to kill everyone. He did this and that, and he, he shows her that, you know, just like his daddy, her daddy's kind of dad uh, also I, I really liked the chemistry that built up between those two yeah but by the time the episode was over they were uh, they were they had uh, kind of 
not you know become buddies or whatever, but kind of reconciled, you know. Right. To have like a bit of respect for one another. During the mili- they they are in the resistance. Uh, I guess London's one of the few pockets left of the resistance against Savage. They take all the refugees up on the the wave rider that they can. Uh, Stein and Ray decide to work out, uh, figure out what Savage uh, Savage's uh, super weapon is. Evidently, he has some sort of super weapon called Leviathan. And they they want to figure out uh, what it is with samples at the site. Meanwhile, the uh, the others come up with a plan. They uh, they find uh, a necklace or no, not a necklace, a bracelet that Savage's daughter is wearing. She went to Jared. That was hers. It was Kendra's, and I guess it's something that is magically charged enough to kill Savage. So they decide they're gonna they're gonna get this bracelet after they take Savage's daughter. They're gonna melt it down. They're gonna cover Carter's mace with that nth metal which is what I'm going to call it, because that's what it is. And uh, if you read the comics, you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, they're going to use that mace to kill Savage. That's the plan, anyway. Haven't they had this plan a few times now for Kendra to kill Savage? Can we just stop here and pretend they their plan worked and we're waiting for next season? Can we just pretend that? The uh, Again, Snart works on uh, Savage's daughter a little bit more and a little bit more kind of breaks in. You know, she's like, no, uh, my son, my father, you know, saved us after Paradagaton let out the Armageddon virus. Uh, Snart's like, I don't think so. Your dad's the one who did the Armageddon virus. And he even plays it back on Gideon to show her that it was Vandal Savage that, that let loose the, Arm- the Armageddon virus, not Paradagaton. I guess Savage kind of set him up himself up as a savior with Degaton, you know, as the, the fall guy um, beforehand. And that's what this uh, daughter of his believes. But, you know, as the episode goes on, she realizes that, no, he's kind of a douche, after all. As this is going on, the uh, the ground starts to shake outside, and they turn out, it turns out that Savage's ultimate weapon is a giant robot. So great. So great. In Leviathan. And it, like, kind of grabs the Wave Rider um, while it's shooting it. Um, it played disc golf with the wave rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the kind of scale we're talking about. It is big, really big. Uh, after the Leviathan's attack, the wave rider needs repair, and they, they said uh, the uh, robot needs like another hour you know, to repair from their encounter as well. Um, Stein has been hit with shrapnel; he's bleeding out. So I guess no firestorm this episode. They couldn't afford the effects for both <laughs> the robot <laughs> and firestorm. Um, that's my guess, anyway. Well, I was wondering, and because I, I, I was kind of expecting them to join, because maybe that would heal him or something. Uh, this is also about the same yeah. time. Yeah. The theory. Yeah. I thought they were going to do that. I thought as soon as I saw him go giant, which shouldn't happen without marring his DNA irreparably, I thought Firestorm was going to jump in there and they're going to do some kind of amalgamation, but nay. Tragic. By the way, it. As as cool as the big robot and Adam fight was, why did they have to CGI him big like that? Why couldn't they have just filmed him? I thought they did. They filmed him digitally and just slowed it down. I don't know. His face just looked cartoonish, like such bad CGI. I was just like, why didn't they just film him and you know, do perspective and green screen or whatnot, but no, he was all CGI, or at least it looked that way and it was bad. I don't think he was all CGI. 
I'll have to go back and watch it again, but I didn't. I didn't see that. At <laughs> You're a brave man. Especially the look. I have Hulu. I I have Hulu. I can fast forward right to the part. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, I need to watch the That's whole it. thing again. I'm just saying, it just it looked like they filmed it. You remember the 3D digital photography they did last episode with the Pilgrim, where they had them all attacked right. because they were stuck in right. time. It looked like they did that again, that hyper detailed digital uh, photography, or whatever. They just slowed it down. That's it. That's what it looked like to me, anyway. I mean, there were a couple scenes where he wasn't moving. You know, it was just close-ups that what that obviously weren't but i i don't know as he was fighting and moving around and, and then one close-up of his face behind that shield was just it looked cartoonish i don't know took me out of it okay uh while you know ray uh figures out a way to make his adam suit grow him <clears throat> pin particles uh <laughs> he gets really really big and fights the robot on his own terms he gets knocked down and then Jax has to give him like a rocky speech Halfway through the fight, you know, get up, you know, right, yeah, all this other stuff. I'm just like, oh man, that was just lame. And then he uh, rips the head off the the uh, the robot. Uh, Kendra finally makes his way her way into Savage. She has the weapon. Rip Hunter and the rest of the group are backing her up, keeping Savage's goons off of her. She has the weapon. She's about to kill him. And then I guess one of his goons makes it through and shoots at her and is a little more trained than the other ones. She knocks the helmet off the goon and it turns out to be Carter. And for some reason that keeps her from killing Savage. Oh, God. Again. Oh, man. Oh, pathos. She was right there. Even, even Rip Hunter's like, kill him. Kill him already, you know. I was screaming, kill or get off the pot, damn it, Kendra. I wrote that down. <laughs> You wrote that down. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> we should have t-shirts like that for the cons. <laughs> right. Wear that to con. <laughs> I will do that. Killer, get off the pot, Kendra. Seriously, Kendra, come on. Uh, how many times do we have this scene now? Apparently many. It just seems like, you know, we, we keep getting the confrontation. She has the weapon in her hand that can kill him, the magic MacGuffin weapon or whatever. They're in a place where they're fighting. She has the upper hand, and then something always happens. I can think of three other times in this series now that this happened already. Yep. One yes. was in the pilot. Yeah. Over and over, we have to see the same scene. I'm done. Kill. Get off the pot. I, I, I'm done. Anyway, the uh, they capture Savage. They take him back to the Wave Rider. He's locked up. In their little clear, you know, Hannibal Lecter cell down there. Kenderson, who he like, you know, he's the only one that can unlock Carter's mind or whatever. Yep. So if Kendra kills Savage, she'll never be able to save Carter. That's why she backs off of him. Um, then we get a scene with Rip Hunter confronting Savage in the cell. And what does Savage say to him? Time will tell. Yeah. And that was the end. The end. So, Legends of Tomorrow, Leviathan. I give this one a B because of the giant robot. The giant robot was cool. I just, I love giant, I love giant robots. Yep. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's a weakness I have for giant robots. It, yeah, C. No, and it got up to C because of the giant robot. It was pretty awesome. And, and especially when the, the robot just grabbed the ship and kind of just punted it. Just like, just like threw it off like it was just like a piece of paper. Just like, nope. Right. <laughs> Get that ship out of here. Right. It was all lit up like Tron. It looked pretty bad. It was. It was yeah. like a Tron mega robot. I loved it. I did love the robot. 
But I mean, if that's all I'm looking at at the whole episode, that's I mean, that was a minimal part of the episode. So. Right. I give it a C plus, and the plus is because of the robot fight. The only thing it was missing was they needed to be in Japan. It was it, it was an awesome you know mega robot fight. Okie doke. So that's uh, that's it for DC TV this week. Uh, we have some news kicking around. Uh, the director from The Flash, uh, Seth Graham Smith, has left that film due to creative differences, even though the film was supposed to come out in March of 2018. I heard the guy that's doing Aquaman's leaving, That too. was my next news story. Oh, okay. Uh, also, there's uh, there are some rumors that James Wan, the director of Aquaman, is having some creative differences with Warner as well. Uh, so... Jeez, I don't know. I mean, you think about like they um, they already had to sub out the, uh, the the director of Wonder Woman. They brought in Patty Jenkins on that, and now I mean, and but Marvel's done the same thing. I mean, they took out Edgar Wright on Ant Man. Yeah. They swapped him out. They swapped out was it Alan Weiss on uh, um, Thor: The Dark World. Um, so I mean, they've done it on the Marvel side too. I just you know, it's just, I guess it's just after the. Um, after you know the the disappointment on the box office, the box office or whatever of Batman v Superman, they're just looking at it a little more closely. There's more scrutiny, I guess. Well, I that's know. I haven't read it yet because uh, Derek posted it on our Facebook page while we were recording here. But it says Flash and Aquaman said to lose directors over Batman versus Superman reaction. Really? I mean, why? Wow. I, I I need to read this article, but um, that seems. $850 million does not seem like a failed reaction to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's not what they wanted, though. That's, well, that's yeah. The but, thing. Well, that's the I mean, that's not what they projected. I guess that would be the best way to put it. But they would make, they were definitely looking for the billion that, that Avengers made. And I, I don't, I don't really see this. I didn't really see that as a realistic thing to begin with, just because Avengers had built up over time and they were trying to do everything right out of the gate. So. Right. And I, I don't know. I just, I hate how much of a bad rap that film's getting. We got the trailer for The Killing Joke this week. Rated R. Looks good. I don't know. I've seen some criticism of the animation style, but... Yeah, I, I have too, and I, I liked it. I, I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Also, we have some news that Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns are going to have complete creative control over that Batman solo movie. That that kind of excites me. Did Johns ever write Batman? Um, the comic? I, I can't remember him writing well, Batman the comic. I know I, he's written the character... Yeah, so I'm just writing the character. Yeah, I don't know that he's ever done the title, but as wasn't he and isn't he still the COO or the, you know creative control or whatever officer? I think something like that. Something yeah. like that. So I'm sure he had like some say in some of the overarching stories, you know, after the New Fifty Two, like the the owl stuff and all that. But um, but I don't think he's ever written just just the bat title. I mean, not that I know of, but I don't know. I think didn't, he may have had a small run on a detective at one time, but I, I don't remember. And our final bit of news in DCTV, and it's a bit of good news. It's kind of something we all knew was going to happen anyway, but it is now officially happened. Supergirl has been renewed. Yay! Yay. Yeah, yes. We, we, we heard about it. There'd been scuttlebutt. There'd been rumor and hearsay, and now we know for sure Supergirl will be back. Yeah, I'm so glad all that worry's over with, and I wish those scuttles would keep their butts to themselves. 
Okay, well, that's all we could do CTV. I really appreciate uh, you joining us. If you enjoy a Geeky Podcast, I imagine you do because you've been listening to this one for a while, uh, then head over to hhwlod.com where you'll find more Geeky Podcasts, including the Walking Dead TV podcast where we've been talking about Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, which has been improving, actually, um, as it's been going on. We also have the Black Box over there. We have the Whedonverse, all kinds of other podcasts. Check that. It's all connected. Is over there. The podcast we talked about before that covers Marvel TV much the way we do DC TV, it's over there as well, hhwlod.com. Um, if you have more podcast needs after that, then head on over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, where you'll find Nothing's On, No Apologies, JK's Happy Hour, the Comic Rack Snark Fest uh, that you can find Jerry Atkinson on, and so many other great podcasting uh, possibilities over there. Uh, head on over to TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. Plus, if you join that Facebook group, you will get your finger on the pulse of pop culture news all day long in your feed, in your Facebook feed. Check that out. TaylorNetworkPodcasts.com. And until next week, when we have more DCTV to talk to, talk about amongst ourselves. Thanks, guys, for being on with me. I appreciate it. Thank you to your puppy I hear in the background. <laughs> yeah, we lost a puppy today. We're down to four instead of five. Oh. What happened? He got adopted. He got sold. Oh, oh. That's a good no, thing. I have I have cash, Jeez. but I'm still sad. I know. You I know. You I'm lost one. Oh, I'm yeah, thinking, what like, happened? You ran away. What? I know. <laughs> it's not tragic. I understand that. Your I'm just not. Puppy with a hobo bag over his shoulder. No. Car, you know. But that would be so cute too. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Just a little parental uh, separation anxiety. My baby has left the nest. <laughs> Until next week, thanks guys. Join me, and we are ghosts. Good night. Bye bye.